1: Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. Very much appreciate the people at Pella. Great group to work with. And if you're thinking about a new window or new front door, now is the time. Pella can provide window and door solutions to any home. Make your window or door dreams become a reality with the help of Pella. Check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. So this has been an extremely difficult week, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10 days in the history of our country. The tragic murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis caused by a police officer taking a knee into his neck for nearly nine minutes has sparked protests and riots from city to city and coast to coast with national guards flooding the streets and curfews being implemented in a lot of different cities. And as this situation continued to heighten, I decided that doing a sports podcast just didn't feel right on Sunday slash Monday. And and so I held off. I didn't release a pod. Talking about sports during a time like this just kind of felt tone deaf to me and just felt kind of wrong. In my opinion, there should be one conversation going on right now. And that is the conversation about racism, racial inequality, and racial injustices. In my opinion, if the conversation isn't about that, then you should probably just hold off. Now, is there an argument for an escape being needed? Sure, I guess. But maybe, maybe we shouldn't be escaping that conversation right now. And that's how I felt on Sunday and, and Monday, and that's how I still feel now. And as I've reflected over the past week or so, I've wrestled with my own thoughts and, and you know, what to say and what to do and how to approach my podcast. And, you know, what should I do with this whatever little platform I have with this pod. And what I decided to do is this. I think one of the ways to help change behavior and thinking is to listen and learn from a black person's perspective on their past, how they're feeling, and how they view things. Because the pathway to empathy and compassion is listening and learning. So what I wanted to do is, you know, give certain black friends that I have the opportunity to express their feelings and thoughts on a bunch of different things with racism and the events of the past week or so. So on the pod, on this pod, Damon Benning, former Husker running back, star on uh, 1620 The Zone AM radio. Uh, And I've known Damon personally for about 12 or 13 years now. We were co-workers at 1620 when I used to work there. And, you know, that's where we really sparked a friendship. And I've always found Damon to be wildly interesting. Damon is a deep thinker. He's got a deep heart. He's got a deep soul. And he's a really thoughtful guy. And so I thought, and aren't too many in the world better to speak on the African-American perspective with all this than Damon is. And Damon is married. Damon has kids. And most notably for our chat, he has two boys. And his two boys are are getting to be that age where there are probably some tough conversations being had between him and his kids right now. And I asked him about that. But Damon was excellent. I think you guys are really going to get a ton out of this. Again, Damon's wildly intelligent, extremely deep thinker. This was awesome. This was great. So let's get to it. Here is uh, my podcast chat with former Husker running back and my friend, Damon Bennett. Right on the line now is uh, Damon Benning. I mean, we all know the the, the credentials. Former Nebraska running back, multiple, multiple national titles, co host Severe and Benning in the morning, 6A to 10A, 1620. He's also a high school football coach. He's a former co worker of mine. Again, Damon, we were already kind of chopping it up. I know you're super busy, so I, I appreciate it, man. I really appreciate you taking some time out.
0: Yeah, not just lip service, man. You know, I would do. Uh... You you get the fluorescent green light. I wasn't <laughs> joking when I texted the other day, man. It's uh it's kind of an honor. I, you bring the best out in me, so uh, I don't uh, I don't mind at all, man. Take as much time as you need.
1: So let, let's get into. I mean, it's obviously been an extremely difficult week or so in the country, and I've been thinking about what I you know, okay, what can I do? What do I want to do with my podcast, my platform? And I think one of the ways to help change behavior and thinking is to listen and learn from a black person's perspective on their past and kind of how they view things because and you know this the pathway to empathy and compassion is listening and learning. And so I'm going to steal a line I heard from you to start the conversation. You said probably about like a month ago something you said you got to be able to chew up the meat and spit out the bones with messages <laughs> or topics. I'm know I'm paraphrasing but that that's you got to be able to that's you know chew up the meat, meat. Spit up the,
0: eat the meat spit out the bones. That's, that's it. it.
1: So meaning you got to focus on the meat of the subject. And I think that's important to start with because we have a way in this country of muddying up the issue, a.k.a. the bones in this analogy. Let's kind of reset it all. How would you kind of lay out the meat of this week and what the message is that you and maybe the African-American community is really trying to lay out to everybody?
0: Yeah, I I think the meat is is – Basically, listen, there are. It's 2020, and we shouldn't have to, or I shouldn't have to worry about teaching different things to my kids than you have to teach different things to your kids. I've always. And, and it's weird that I'm talking to you because you're a guy that I have, like, what I would think a super connection with. Mm-hmm. I've always. I like the versatility. I joke about your crossover. I joke about your ability to connect, but at the end of the day, all I'm really saying is, you know what? I I like you as an individual because not because you're good at your job, but because I think you're interesting to talk to because you make yourself vulnerable. And that's really what the gist of this is. I don't want to have to tell Caleb or Micah or anybody else, anything different than you're teaching Mm Mava. And it's on the small scope, it's like, okay, well, why is that happening? Well, a lot of it is because we just won't listen. I just don't simply understand that you have unique differences and I have unique differences, but man can I could I take some things from you? Like on the surface, you think Hooper, uh, Lincoln Southeast, uh, white guy, you're better. You're good looking. I'm not as much. I'm, <laughs> what what am, I, what am I gonna take from this guy? But you you know, there's so many things that I've that I've stolen from you, like um, making yourself vulnerable or saying, "Hey, listen, I know you view me this way, so this is what I'm gonna do to combat that." Like, there's power in that, and the, and the way that I tell people with what's going on with with racial equality in the country is no – if I have game film or a game tape, and it's only about me, Mm -hmm. it's only about what I do. I run the triple option, or I'm four out, one in, or I'm motion offense, or or I'm West Coast offense, and I don't take any time to understand my opponent. I don't take any time to kind of see what they do well, how that makes me vulnerable, I could do differently. Then then why watch film? Why self scout? Because if it's just about you, then you continue to do what you do. That's how I view race relations in this country, especially over the last week, Nick. Yeah. Take some time to take inventory. It's your game plan is, okay, this is where I feel my strengths are. This is my opponent. My opponent is for instance, an abroad scope police brutality. What is it about police brutality that I don't understand? How does it fit with my game plan? How does it, how can I attack it? How can I best defeat this opponent? And so the meat is where is the commonality in terms of being a good human that can cross racial boundaries and how can we be better as individuals that's the meat of this whole deal
1: yeah that uh, that's perfectly stated and i you know as you know you you talk about kind of self-reflection and self-inventory and jalen rose said something about a week ago he said i wish america loved black people as much as they loved black culture And for some reason that hit me as I kind of thought, like, because I also thought, okay, almost all of my heroes and influences and people I hold in extremely high regard are black, like Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, Tiger, you know me, Dave, I I love hip hop. So Jay-Z, Tupac, all that stuff, you know, like, and what's funny is I'll passionately engage uh, in, in discussions about LeBron or Jordan or Tiger or Will Smith or something like that when it's convenient for me. And I think what I realized is sometimes white people do this thing where when we'll, we'll go, we're going to move to the sidelines the second it gets inconvenient when it has to do with black. And I like to me and because of the podcast like I said, say like that's bullshit. Like the more I ref- reflected on that I'm like that's bullshit. And right. so so the more I kind of I, as I kind of took looked at myself in the mirror that was kind of one of the things that hit me as uh, like that doesn't make any sense to me at all.
0: You know what? I couldn't agree more. And one of the things that I love about you is not only will you take self-inventory, but you're gonna be, and I think this is the key, the, the whole key to this whole deal. You're gonna be who you are. You're gonna be honest, you've got conviction about it, and it's up to the to the user, to the to the person, the guy or gal on the receiving end. To adjust. Are you going to be self-aware? Yeah. Are you going to still be who you are? Yeah. Because you have to find where the happy medium is. Mm -hmm. That's the whole trick to this deal. I would never, ever, ever want for you to feel like you're on pins and needles or have to be somebody different than who you are, where you can't give the best representation of yourself. And then think to myself... Hey, you know what? I'm living my best life because my goal is if I have your best interest at heart, I want you free to be who you are. And if I don't like it, at least I know what I'm dealing with. What you don't want to do is guess, because Mm -hmm. when people guess and they tiptoe and they beat around the bush and they're afraid to be something that they are, you give false representations of yourself. And then everything spirals out of control. I'll give you an example the other way. If I'm a guy that has never spent any time around law enforcement and I have boxed myself in into thinking, all law enforcement act this way because this is what I do. Do you know what I would do when I get pulled over? I would overthink it, Nick. Mm -hmm. I would overcompensate. I would not give the best representation of myself because I would be assuming you think a certain way about me and I would mess it up. Like, I don't want, I don't want Nick Ba operating at 65% of who he's capable of being. I don't want Nick Ba operating at 85% of who he's capable of being. I want to free him up to be the best that he can be. So then I, in turn, can feel the word that you use kind of off air. You talked about empathy. You mm-hmm. talked about being able to understand one another. You talked about, okay, if I want to get inside of and understand, you can't do any of that, Nick, unless you're comfortable making yourself vulnerable and you'll never be comfortable making yourself vulnerable. If you feel like you have to send a representative in your place yeah. To be who you've been called to be. I I never would want that. And I think it's disingenuous of humanity to ask anything different.
1: What have you bring up, you know, it's a good way to, th- to frame it with the meat of how you set it up of like, I don't want my conversations with my kids to be any different than the conversations that me, a white guy is with my daughter. Like what, what is this? week been like with your two boys because i'd imagine they've seen images or seen things on tv or twitter or social media where all of a sudden they start asking questions and that's always a hard spot for a father i'd imagine uh, it is what what have what have those conversations been like
0: oh uh, man nobody opens me up like nick Baugh. um you had to ask um it's hard Right, because Mm -hmm. it's hard being African-American in the United States to begin with. It's extremely hard being African-American when your wife doesn't look like you and your kids don't look like you. When... Your kids have to understand, okay, what's the big deal? We yeah. have this, this, and this. We've been exposed to this, this, and this. So as a father that has to guide, I can't outthink myself. I can't say, hey, you guys, I know you've seen this, but this is how it really is. Right. Like, I... I. I'm doing them a disservice. So the best thing that I can do is talk about the things that I know. And that's how to be. And I'll keep saying this because I don't believe anything to be more important. You have to be the best version of yourself. My job with them is to equip them with the skills necessary, what I think that they can survive at life. And by doing that, that is not to paint people, man, woman, or child, in certain broad strokes. But I have to be honest about the reality of how people may see you. So the tough part I have, Nick, and you get this, am I parenting against chasing ghosts? Or am I parenting about best case scenario in which you can control? I want to prepare you for the worst, but I don't want to sow any seeds of discontent either.
1: That's so interesting.
0: It, it it's Nick, it's hard. Yeah. I'm telling you. Because if they haven't seen it yet or faced it yet, what role do I am what role do I play in terms of introducing it? Yeah. I believe in insurance. Yeah still a guy that doesn't believe it until it happens. Sure.
1: No, it's a quick way to put it.
0: So it's an easy, it's an easy, it's an easy equation for me to, or it's an easy analogy for me to make in my head when it's kids, it's different. It's like, well, why do I have to do this or why do I have to prepare for this? If this hasn't happened yet? It's a brutal balance, but one in which takes on a unique responsibility. And the responsibility that I have to them is be the best version of yourself. I'm gonna to try to help you equip you with I'm gonna to try to help equip you with the skills necessary to deal with conflict, to be other centered, to be a better listener than a talker. There's a reason you have two ears, one mouth. Pay the other double the time so you can better understand what you're dealing with. Yeah. And the way that I've approached it, Nick, is if you better know what's coming at you, you'll be better equipped to deal with it because you take the guesswork out of it. And at the end of the day, that's the bottom line in which, how I've tried to parent.
1: God, that's good. How, what about, okay, how similar are some of the conversations you're having with your kids to the conversations that you had with your father because I know your dad was a I mean he was a uh, huge fixture in in North Omaha and, and and did a lot in terms of being a strong black role model and was intimately involved in a lot of these sorts of things yeah, what, he, what, what was that like
0: oh my gosh are you serious with these questions um <laughs> see that's why <laughs> you're just good at what you do not afraid And I don't want you to be inhibited. So with my dad, who I lost two years ago, as you know, was my best friend, right? The guy that I tried to model my behavior after because of how he invested in me. So I try to parent, I try to parent the boys the same way that I, I, I try to, I, I try to parent the boys the same way that he parented me, and that's investing in allowing me to be honest, share my thoughts, and see where there was overlap in terms of the role that he should play as my father. We had really, really hard conversations, Nick. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to play baseball. He didn't he, – didn't want me to roll the dra- the dice. Ah, uh, the draft, you were drafted too low, man. Go to school, play it safe, get your education. I said, Dad, you were a risk taker. You took chances. He said, yeah, they were calculated. I said, what does calculated mean? Right. Or you go back to high school, and um, my head coach asked me to move to running back and not be a quarterback. Yep. And I said, Dad, I'm. A- there's already so few of black quarterbacks. I mean, you're talking 1991. Yeah, right, right. Dad, there's so few black quarterbacks. I want to be a a quarterback. Like Bradshaw was my hero. Quote, unquote, I don't see color. I want to be a quarterback. Well, you need to be other-centered. If you want to win games right now, this is what your coach is asking you to do. What in the world does other-centered mean? Mm -hmm. And it took forever, Nick, for me to have practical application of it. But once I got it, it better – it, I'm, I'm better equipped now to deal with my kiddos because, and it's a fine line, right? Caleb has a lot of my personality in terms of, he's not going to say a whole lot until you ask him. He's going to try to gauge the room. Yep. Uh, my oldest daughter, Maya, she is my alter ego. She's very brash. She's going to say the first thing that comes to her mind. That's me when I'm with you, like yep. my alter ego, <laughs> my, micah is a combination of both he's fairly measured but man is he gonna let you know what he stands for right away and force you to make the adjustments so when i try to it's like perfect you'll get this you watch a ton of film Mm -hmm. down screen staggered screens ball movement how does that fit small ball versus playing big lineups? Okay. I know how my opponent wants to attack me, but where's the fine line between doing what I do well, who I am versus understanding their strengths. You always typically want to be who you are and you try to adjust. It's the same thing with my kiddos. All right. There's bits and pieces that I love to take from my dad as the core relationship, the best relationship that I ever had, but I have to, assess how it plays to my strengths in terms of how I can deal with my kids to give them the best chance with their personalities. Right. You don't want to compromise, but you want to equip.
1: Right. That's, that's it's so interesting. I'm, you know, cause for me and you know, I've talked about this before. I don't know if I talked about it with you, like going to Kansas was the best thing for me Not because of what you would think, you know, uh, you played for, you know, one of the, you know, Blue Blood and all that stuff, but it was was more of what it did socially because I was in a bubble in Lincoln. That's not to say it was a racist or hate-filled bubble, but everyone around me, Damon, looked like me, had families like me, had houses like me, on and on and on. And getting out of that bubble was enormous for my growth where all of a sudden now I'm in a locker room in Lawrence, Kansas with all black guys. And my roommate is a black guy. And I just found... I just think there's so much. You talk about being the best version of yourself, but sometimes to discover that best version of yourself, you have to get out of your comfort zone and get out of your yeah. bubble. And so there's a balance with that too.
0: Yeah, you hit man, dab, smack your hammer. We'll talk now. If you've ever loved anything, you know at some point you have to make yourself vulnerable.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. If it's true love, if it's unconditional, like. I know what you're bringing to the table. Uh, I know what I'm bringing to the table. I'm going to meet you right where you're at. And we're going to love unconditionally. What you're describing is meeting people right where they're at. But you can't do it, Nick, until you make yourself vulnerable. Yes. And the only way that you can make yourself vulnerable, number one, you have to have a certain amount of security. Right? Mm -hmm. Like. You, you, you have to have enough fundamental belief in where you've come from to put it out there from an honest assessment. If you're a cover up guy or gal, or you're a spinner, I mean, by spinner, I mean, you're a yeah, but person. Yep. Yeah, but, yeah, but. Sometimes you just have to put it out there and say, this is how it is, right, wrong, or indifferent, and not worry about the results. Then, in turn, you hope that the results. something that you can take with you and make malleable and by malleable i mean like you can form it to whatever it is that your personality is you can't do any of that if you if you walk around guarded and unwilling to understand how other people think like i just think it's weird right where if you walk around in this bubble and you only operate in your sphere of influence and the bubble comes a variety of ways, Mm -hmm. maybe it's, maybe it's cultural, maybe it's socioeconomic, maybe it's spiritual. I, I hear this a lot. Oh, they just operate in that Christian bubble or they don't have a real life view or you shouldn't operate in absolutes. Hey, all of that you can take and use. If I'm only around people that are like me, how will I ever grow? Right. I say this all the time. If I'm, I would never marry me. Right. I don't want me. That doesn't mean I don't love me. I just know that because a little is good doesn't mean a lot is great. Right. <laughs> because it's, it, listen, it stymies my growth. I never understood the people that said, well, he wrote a bad article. I'm not reading anything he says. Or, Uh, it's Donald Trump. Well, I think he supports blank. So I'm not listening to a word he says. Listen, I'm here to tell you, and I'm, I'm pretty bipartisan. And I like to think, do I think Donald Trump has been divisive? Yeah. Do I think he's had some ill-willed comments? Yeah. Do I think he gases the fire? Yeah. Do I think every word that he's uttered out of his mouth about policy since he's been president has been negative? Absolutely not. Right. There are some things that he said where I'm like, gosh, you know what? I get it. Okay, I'm on board. And can you imagine the learning opportunity, Nick, that I would miss if I felt like because he, somebody, anybody, because they've always been this, that means they're incapable of being this. Yeah. I'll never, I'll, I, I just can't understand operating like that man i just because because i want the best version of myself i keep saying that yeah but that sometimes means i have to learn from people that don't think like me that aren't like me but that's what happens if you want to be the best equipped to deal with whatever happens to you
1: yes i I'm, i'm i'm curious i wrote this question down i You know, we've seen some, so, you know, we're recording this on, you know, about one o'clock on, on what is it, to Thursday, it's June 4th, and we, because we've, about 24 hours ago, we had the Drew Brees thing, and we've seen some emotional reactions to Drew Brees' comments, and, you know, my question is, Damon, what is that, like, what does that feel like as a black man when people maybe dismiss the protest or make it about something else, like, what, Take me into your heart, into your mind of what, what emotions start pulsating through your heart when, when that stuff happens. Because it was amazing to see the 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 emotional reaction to that yesterday. Yeah. Now,
0: now keep in mind, let me give you a frame of reference. And you know this because we've had a lot of in-depth talk, like some in-depth talks about like what I'm about. Yeah. And I, And I'm a guy... That has been too black for some, <laughs> not not black enough for others. Yeah. So when I hear something that Drew Brees said immediately and it turned into a knockdown drag out on our show, and it was impromptu. I co-host with a Saints fan. I co-host with a minority. I co-host with someone that grew up in New Orleans. I co-host with someone that does not like the New Orleans Saints. Or, excuse me, Drew Brees. Yeah. I knew all that going in, so I walked in this morning. It's 520, and I said, hey, I just want you to know, man, I feel for you. Yesterday had to be tough as a guy that loves his city, that loves his team, that establishes his identity with that city, to have a quarterback that you haven't always been fond of, but you had to cheer for, i.e. eat the meat, spit out the bones say what he said and we took polar opposite stances it was crazy yeah. as two black men we went back and forth what i heard drew Brees say and and i knew i was going to have to explain this to my black friends what i heard drew Brees say is the flag means this to me It means this to me because of what my grandfather had explained to me it meant and what it meant to him as a freedom fighter. Mm -hmm. So he tried to say that out loud. Hey, I'll never be on the same side as a guy that disrespects the flag. That was his vantage point. Right. Mm -hmm. Because he looked at as if you kneel, that means you're being disrespectful. Now. When you make that decision, you're closing your mind off right away. Yes. He did this. It's different for me. That means I'm not listening to anything else after that. I said to Michael this morning, I said, you know, I understand people are mad at Drew Brees. I understand he has a, a history of being a capitalist. I understand he has a history of being a Make America Great Again guy. But what if we ever get to a point in place in time where those two things aren't or those two things aren't different than your ideology what if make america great again was for everybody what if being a capitalist was for everybody i'm not mad at drew Brees for his opinion i'm mad at him for being insensitive that his version of how he deemed the flag is different than a representation of how other people may view the flag. Michael Thomas, uh, Malcolm Jenkins, mm-hmm. uh, Ed Reed view the flag as a symbol of freedom, not as a singular entity that you can disrespect. So, for their, from their, from their prism, it's bro, you missed the boat, man. How do you not understand your audience, like? You made it about the flag, and it's about freedom. Why are you saying that Colin Kaepernick, what he stood for, his freedom, wasn't wrapped up in what that flag represented? Like, he could care less about the flag. He picked the national anthem because when he he hears land of the free and home of the brave, he doesn't feel that. You made it about symbolism. He's making it about practicality. When symbolism and practicality don't get along, you get divisiveness. So I simply said to Michael, I would have just asked Drew, Drew Brees a follow-up question. Hey, when you say you can't get on board with people that disrespect the flag, are you saying that the flag represents for you the ideology of freedom? If Drew Brees would have said yes can you imagine how differently we look at what he said? Mm-hmm. He didn't get a chance. And I'm not making any excuses for Drew Brees. I think he was insensitive. I think he was tone deaf. Yeah, I th- sure. I think, I think he operated in a vacuum in the moment during an interview. I don't know if that's his heart. Maybe it really is. But again, if that's how Drew Brees really feels, it's still I'm still not at a loss. It's still not a lost cause. It just gives me another avenue and a plan of attack if I'm watching Huddle or Game Plan or however yeah. on how my opponent thinks if I truly want victory. I would say to myself, okay, I'm in the solutions business. Drew Brees sees the flag as a symbol, uh, as, a, as a demarcation of, of pride and respect. So if you disrespect that, he can't get past anything else. All right, Drew. So if the flag is a symbol of freedom and Colin Kaepernick says it's about the the flag, can you meet him halfway? Exactly. Can you see where he thinks that? Right. And Breeze is going to say yes or no. But you know what? At the end of the day, it still sparks conversation. So I better know how to reach those people that are closed off to the fact that they can't get past disrespect. It's, it's, it's polarizing, Nick, and it's tough, but I would have asked a couple of follow-up questions because I don't want Breeze to apologize for who he is because now he can't win for losing. Right. You saw it with coach Frost. Oh, I think this about him. And then he releases a statement. So is that, is he being genuine? And then it's with drew Breeze. Oh, I think this about him. This is what he said. And now he wants to apologize. So he can't be free to be who he is. And all I simply say to that is, is listen, man, you can empower people to be forgiven if you can forgive. If you can't forgive and they're always going to be who you think they are, what is the catalyst for those people to change? They just won't. Right. Yeah. If I always think what I'm going to think about you, why would you show me anything different?
1: Right. Yeah. And that's it. It's so true because there's so many layers to it. And so many people, you know, so many people seek affirmation, not information. And oh, man. I, I don't I don't see why oh. the default reaction to everything has to be hate and all that stuff. Like and that goes both ways with this. Like, I don't know why Drew Brees like he can't. And that's why I'm with you. Like, I wish there would have been some some follow-up questions for Drew Brees to maybe clear up exactly what he's saying. Because, like, listen, you can you can agree with Colin Kaepernick's right to protest. You can agree with Colin Kaepernick's uh, topic that he's protesting about. But you also can say, I-, I don't really love that way. And I think we all can kind of nod and not try to kill each other. You know what I mean?
0: That. That he's doing – listen, I just don't like that he's doing it at the flag's expense. I got to get over how I equate freedom with the flag because that's all that I've been taught. Yeah. Like, can you imagine how freeing that would have been? Right, right. It, you know, I'll, I'll make myself vulnerable because I I almost was guilty of it, right? The, the big deal in Omaha that kind of sparked rage – we know about the killing in the old market, but mm-hmm. then there was this meeting of so-called leaders with governor Ricketts. And the story came out that governor Ricketts said, you people. Yep. And I didn't even know what was really said in the meeting. And I said, ah. I said, guys, listen, you know what? I, I'm a, I'm a little upset with governor Ricketts over past things like cutting of education or how he handled Michael Rose Ivy and those three players yeah. kneeling. Yeah. Like, But I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt until I understand what was actually said. Because if I think because he's always been, he always will be, I'll be guilty of the people that don't like me because I look a certain way. I'm not allowing them the autonomy or the freedom to feel differently about me after I try to give you an opportunity to change your mind, because now I know how you feel. And so I said uh when he went to you know governor ricketts is a racist and he's this i said you're boxing yourself in i think context matters now what's happened in the last four days is whether you like governor ricketts or not we now know what the real context was we now know what the real words were and let's say because i felt some type of way about governor ricketts let's say i was negative going in on governor ricketts should i not accept his apology Even though we cast him in a light that he didn't really have shown on him and he ate it anyway. But can you imagine, Nick, if I was like, fudge, I didn't like Governor Ricketts going in. I don't care if he apologized. No. You know what I ended up saying? Man, not only was what he said misinterpreted, it was taken out of context And he still apologized. So guess what going forward? Whether, no matter how I feel about Governor Ricketts previous or going forward, I understand in this particular instance, I have a ton of respect for him because he took his punishment. He could have cried. He tried to explain it, but he understood his audience. Was I perfect? No. Was I the guy that you painted me out to be? No. But I'll own it. Right. Because I know that I can control me going forward. I don't have any problems with that, buddy.
1: Yeah. None. I I know you got things to do. So we'll wrap it up with this, DB. This has been awesome. Uh.
0: I'm at your your disposal. I'm sitting in my driveway. My family's laughing at (laughs) me. Looking at
1: you like, Um, come on. (laughs) Zoe's
0: We got happy birthday deals out in the yard.
1: See, see, they're, they're.
0: Man, I'm your guy.
1: <laughs> I, okay, so then we'll wrap it up with this. Like at, at some point, this is all going to die down, right? That's just kind of the natural cycle of life, you know. Like uh, at some point, the 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 protests going to slow down, all that stuff, and not, and life is going is going to normalize.
0: What is would this you? A, is this right Is this where I go like future and Drake when he says <laughs> life is good? <laughs> exactly. You know I mean? This is exactly right. <laughs> Okay, you know a, we weren't gonna get through a podcast without a music. It's reference, been hard. Man. Life is good. It's been, Drake and future. It's been,
1: been hard. This has been this has been the most non tangent filled conversation mean you've ever had in the history of, of that's, that's, our relationship. That's why I love you, this man. This is good. We have stayed focused here. But what like okay, so moving forward, DB, like what what is it? What, what do we do moving forward? What what is what is okay? It's like we're about to turn the page, and I don't mean close the book, but turn the page. Like. What are when we turn that page, what do we want these next chapters and, and few pages to look like? What does that look like? And I guess it all starts with you. So maybe I, I don't know if it's you, Damon Benning or just everyone, like what do you want to see moving forward here?
0: You, you, let's start with you as in me and you and the individual. Take self inventory. Number one, am I part of the solution or am I part of the problem? Do I really believe that being complicit or not saying anything is being complicit? Is there really a way that I can affect change? Number two, while I'm taking self inventory, be willing to be honest. Hey, listen, man, I I feel uh, I feel a little guilt as a white person that has never been around anybody black for an extended period of time or have any real minority friends. I feel bad. Can I still say I'm sorry without you judging me? Can I still want to help without you judging me Uh, if you're a minority and it's Are you the person, the guy or gal that says, well, what do you know about, well, what do you know about uh, my plight or what I've been through? Listen, understand, you can't do it by yourself. You need help. Mm -hmm. And people don't try to change until they understand that what's going on impacts them. So don't make it singular. Uh, If you're in your community, Nick, and you're in Lincoln or you're in Omaha or you're in Chicago, listen. Go to www.2020census.gov, register yourself. Be known. Mm -hmm. Who are you? Where do you live? Vote. If if, if you don't like what's going on and you're anti-policy, take some ownership in terms of how you can affect policy. The other thing, Nick, is I just hope – Again, I gave the analogy earlier. You have two ears, one mouth. Be super slow to speak and a lot quicker to listen. And there's, it's twofold because responsibility lies in the receiver of the information and the giver. Have some conviction in what you believe. If you can't say it out loud, you probably should think something different. And if you do say it out loud... And you, the receiver of the information, aren't on board, try to understand the why. Stop asking what. Ask why. Because you know what why does? Is it holds you accountable. It holds you accountable as the believer of the information. It holds you accountable as the listener of the information. Now, why did he or she say that? Now, why does he or he... He or she believed that. And after that, man, just be a better humanitarian, regardless of what it looks like. Yellow, green, brown, red. Can you just be other-centered for moving good people forward? That's really the reality of it. It's not about color. It's about people. Yeah,
1: that's it. That's it, man. Damon Benning, I, I hate that our first, like your first appearance on the pod wasn't about football or basketball, but maybe it's fitting that it was, maybe it's fitting that it was about life because I've always been fascinated by Damon Benning, the person, almost more so than Damon Benning, comma, former Husker football player, or Damon Benning, sports talk show host. And that's not a slight because obviously your track record on both those things are, are well documented, but this was everything I hoped it would be, man. You know, I think the world of you and go be with your family. All right.
0: Hey, can I can I ask one thing while we're being honest? Yeah, I, I'm not saying we have to have the relationship of a Barrett Rude, <laughs> but listen, can I talk to you kind of as much as Barrett Rude? Because <laughs> I I got a lot I'd like to talk to you about. Absolutely, I miss you, I miss you to death, man. Can I can I like? Can you use me more? God, yes. Like you can stretch me Man. or Broadway Okay, good. Horizons, all right. Be
1: careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for here, because I, am I'm, I'm all about that. It's yeah, you know. I mean, for those that don't know, I mean, Damon and I, a lot of people know they're listening to this. I mean, Damon and I were coworkers and saw each other every day for years. And you know, you, yes. you, you take advantage. You or you know, you uh, you know, you, you don't you take that stuff for granted. Just like just a two minute seeing someone being in front of them talking to them. Like I miss that. I re- I really really do.
0: Hey, you know what? I'm better when I'm around you, man. So I'd like to talk to you more.
1: I love it, man. Damon, go be with your family. Really appreciate it. You were uh, you were fantastic as always.
0: Hey, it's weird to say because you know we're peers, but I'm proud of you, man. Keep doing what you, keep doing what you're doing.
1: Appreciate you, DB. Thanks, dude. My thanks to the good folks at Pella Windows and Doors, and uh, I, I want to make sure that you guys understand that Pella Windows of Omaha and Lincoln—they are following CDC guidelines. Uh, during this coronavirus situation, they can safely serve any of your window and door needs in the showroom or in your home. All the employees at Pella and the customers are completing a COVID-19 questionnaire as provided by the CDC prior to entering the showroom, entering the office and uh, any uh, potential customer's home and all the employees are required to self-quarantine for a recommended 14 days. If uh, that individual comes into contact with someone who's tested positive, if they traveled anywhere outside of the Omaha Lincoln area, bottom line, They are taking all the necessary precautions to make sure that they are safe and you are safe so you can safely move forward with your window and door needs. And uh, on top of all that, as a result of all this stuff with the coronavirus, uh, Pella is offering temporary special financing options. They are now available. So, man, now is the time to take advantage of these special rates and uh, put that value back into your home and you have that peace of mind knowing that all the necessary safety uh, protocol and precautions have been uh, put into place by Pella so you know the whole time you can feel safe. Give Pella a call 402-493-1350 or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com that's PellaOmaha.com
0: The production.